On behalf of the Department of African American Studies at City Tech CUNY, I want to welcome you to the Black History Month program for 2022. I'm your host and moderator, Dr. Renata Ferdinand, Associate Professor and Acting Chair of the Department of AFR. For this month, we're focusing on Black women. In fact, we have two events that are focusing on Black womanhood and celebrating Black womanhood through performance, movement, and storytelling. Through these mediums, we are asking the public to consider the ways in which Black women use their creative talents to honor their experiences, their lives, their histories. Before we get into a discussion with award-winning dancer and choreographer, Shanita Mitchell, I wanna take a moment and honor one of a social critic and one of our premier thinkers that died last year on December 15, 2021, Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks always maintained that eradicating racism and sexism must go hand in hand. Her work as a black feminist often tackled the bitter difficulties of racism by envisioning a world without it. Cornel West writes of Bell Hooks, her books help us not only to decolonize our minds, souls, and bodies on a deeper level, they touch our lives. I wanna share with you a quote from Bell Hooks, her, one of her books, All About Love. The moment we choose to love, we begin to move against domination, against oppression. The moment we choose to love, we begin to move towards freedom, to act in ways that liberate ourselves and others. That action is the testimony of love as the practice of freedom. So today, we are showing love towards Black women. Before we get into our discussion with Shanita Mitchell, I want you to view a tribute that we have for Bell Hooks. You will see on the next screen images that honor her, as well as a poem written by one of our own, Dr. Monique Farrell, professor of English. Thank you. Chrysalis by Dr. Monique Farrell. I bend into the light. Watch closely as it divines anew hitting the bones of my back, the whip of my shoulders, the flat and point of each toe. Now come, catch carefully the boundlessness of movement across my body, for I am stunning. Have become accustomed to this, the why and meaning of my existence. Did you see me? Have you seen me? Legs slicing through air, transforming into an all-over pirouette, and the emergence of a day, the conclusion of night, now simmering as the everything that falls intentionally in the in-between. Am now rethinking the word dangerous, especially as it applies to me, for I should be considered with caution, approached with care, understood as formidable, 
have become a moving phantasm, then maker of charms and potions that pour from determined long fingertips. Best not to blink now, no. You do not want to miss this, this dance, this body of deliberate thunder heralded by bells and drums and ancestral whispers. What a sight for your eyes. What a thing to behold me at the very dawn of my becoming and you left mystified by the newness and meaning of it all. Hello and good day. I want to welcome everyone to our Black History Month program for 2022. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Shanita Mitchell, who's a choreographer and dancer. And she is here to speak to us today in light of our recurring theme for this year about Black women's performance through art and joy. And so I just wanna take a moment to welcome Shanita to our discussion today. Hi, Shanita, how are you? Hello, I'm good, I'm good. Very honored to be here, thank you so much. So a little bit about Shanita. Shanita graduated from the University of Mary Washington with her BA in English in 2012. After graduation, she enjoyed a career in higher education, working as an admissions counselor and club advisor. While working in higher ed, she balanced her passion for dance by serving as a dance instructor and choreographer at multiple studios and companies. In 2021, she earned her MA in English from Southern New Hampshire University and joined the editorial board of the Autoethnographer. In that role, she was recently awarded the 2022 Outstanding Visual Project from the International Association of Autoethnography and Narrative Inquiry for her multimedia project, A Seat at the Table, a dance performance. Currently, she serves as the program counselor for the Rappahannock Scholars Program at the University of Mary Washington in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where she serves as the advisor and choreographer for several dance organizations. She is also the editor of the Autoethnographer and an instructor at the Courthouse School of Ballet. So Shanita, I have to ask just to begin with, um, where did this desire for dance come from? So um, that's a that's a great question. Um, I I mean I will I'm sure that my parents and everyone will tell you that like even just as a young child, um, dance was always something that came very naturally for me. Um, and and of course I danced in church. Like I had to go to church. So I'm mm -hmm. a church girl. Like I didn't have a choice about going to church. So I really had that as a as a great opportunity. Um, and then like on on a kind of you know a, a deeper level um i you know had some things that happened to me in my childhood unfortunately they're not too uncommon um in some of our communities and i felt like my body didn't belong to me um mm -hmm. and so you know it, it was like i said those things I, I felt very much like out of control um, and, and dances really throughout the years, like since that time as a child really helped me regain control of my body and kind of being aware of 
movement and like I really do feel like when you when you're moving there's such a beautiful freedom to it because mm -hmm. this is me right and you're like very much centered within yourself and moving yourself and like moving your body making shapes and lines and creating light and those and those things really help me kind of regain um, my balance like after some of the things that happened to me in my childhood so that is so powerful Shanita that is powerful wow so it makes me think about so when you were at church were you doing like praise dance absolutely yes ma'am <laughs> and what kind of dance do you focus on now does it still have those kind of elements from praise dance so yeah so right now i guess on officially officially um i am a hip-hop instructor i mm -hmm. teach jazz i teach musical theater um and i run a praise dance organization um and so those are the things on a Visual paper. Um, now, most of the, video, the dancing that you see in the video is actually just kind of a free form, just like let me move as I want to. So I didn't really focus on technique, um, you know, and making that really a big element to to the dancing. I just wanted to move as naturally as my body likes to move. Um, so yeah, I do have like the the technical training and things like that. But again when i am in my own projects i'm not concerned with that i just want to move the way that my body naturally moves and whatever that means at that time is is the most important important type of dance for me that is amazing that is amazing especially when you consider how black women's bodies have been constricted and the idea that you're taking control over your body through dance i mean that is that is magnificent and it makes me think about like um, when we're, especially we're now that we're in the middle of this pandemic and it could be really hard to retain your joy. And so I'm sure that maybe dance must be giving you that element of joy that you're able to maintain. Yes, absolutely. I, I, there, dancing, it feels so good. Like I, I can't really ever describe how great I feel being able to like move and move through my muscles and just like feel those things and once again it just keeps you incredibly grounded of course we know just like on a biological level you're getting the endorphins because you're exercising and I just feel so free right mm -hmm. and, no one can and no one can tell me that I can't do it right mm -hmm. like no one can control me no one can come and tell me like you can't move you can't dance you can't do those things and so i just and i just can right like and and movement so natural to me like i'm i'm keeping myself in the seat right now but even naturally you know i kind of am swaying you guys mm -hmm. you might see a hand come up and i might hit one of these like out of nowhere <laughs> in the middle of the conversation and i just love that so i i mean that's a big part of of me being joyous and maintaining my joy, spiritual joy as well. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So we're going to lead into this first video. Uh, a seat at the, the, the table, your award-winning video. I let me add that. Um, and you already kind of spoke a little bit about it. It's free form, right? So can you tell us, like, give us like a little introduction, like a few words that could tell us what the piece is about or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So a seat at the table, um, it 
it it stemmed again um so it's very much inspired by my life in academia and i, I did already kind of say this in a statement so the in the video it doesn't make explicit reference to my career or my experiences in academia but like that is the driving force behind it um as i was making the video i kept thinking about what what do i want from this space like as i'm in higher education and i as i kind of navigate my career through being an english scholar and different things like that what do i want what do i need what serves me what serves me um and and not all things serve me like I've kind of figured that out too. So like that is also a part of this. So as I started when I, well, first of all, like it's from um, the soundtrack, The Color Purple. So I can't mm -hmm. like let that, right? Like that's definitely a big inspiration. Um, but as I hear the first line is, I don't need you to love me mm -hmm. and I don't need you to love. Um, that's I still me kind of talking about some of the tension of me just existing as a black woman in academia because I kind of realized I don't need them to love me, you know, yeah. and by them, I mean like the status quo, I don't need everyone to love me and like, I don't need everyone to love, right? I have to be able to do these things on my terms. So like by the end, when I'm saying I'm here, I've gotten here, um, that's me kind of just realizing that I'm good with me being here and, mm -hmm. and, and ex exactly the way that I am. Um, so yes, that was kind of the inspiration for, or some of the inspiration for the video and just wanted to dance it because I like dancing and movement <laughs> and it brings me joy. Yes, yes. All right, so we're gonna take a look at this video. Um, and then I got a lot of questions for, for, for you after we look at this video. I don't need you to love me. To love, I've got, I've got, I've got my sister, I can feel her now, she may not be here, but she's still mine. I know she still loved me. Got my children, I can't hold them now. They may not be here, but they still mine. I hope. They know I still love them. Got my house, it still keeps the cold out. Got my chair when my body can't hold out. Got my hands doing good like they're supposed to. Show
All right, so we're looking at the video. Tell me about your process in creating this piece. Like, is there a significance to like the background, the fact that it's in black and white? How did you even develop this? So great questions. Um, the I really wanted everything to be very simple. Um, so I wanted everything to be very simple and authentic, authentically me. Um, there's some other videos where I'll get like really big, right? And like there's stage and there's lights and different things like that and different concepts. But this I wanted to be very simple because again, it was me talking about my career. So I really just got very simple garb, didn't do anything to my hair, didn't put a stitch of makeup on and went outside to like different spaces that are right surrounding me. Um, so really this is not like me paying for a set or doing anything fancy. I went outside to my backyard. A lot of things are filmed there and keeping it very simple. And that helped during the pandemic, right? Because honestly, there's not a lot of spaces where we can go. So I was mm -hmm. just like, the backyard works. Um, and then I went to the amphitheater that is on my campus because I wanted to show myself going up on a stage, right? Because like, one, we feel, sometimes black women, we feel like we have to perform on a stage. Mm -hmm. I'm taking ownership of that stage. So when I take those breaths, like it was important for me to like be natural, as natural as I can be, right? No hair, no makeup, no big embellished costumes, just very simple. And it was important for me to find some sort of stage to show myself entering. And again, show myself owning that stage. So. That was one thing. And then I chose to have the majority of it be in black and white um, because I mean, often that's just how the world likes to paint everything um, in one way or another, black mm -hmm. and white. I mean, we do have gradations with the scales and things like that. Um, and then also I thought black and white would be a good decision because I wanted the points of color to be very intense. So there's two mm -hmm. times that like I show up like as myself, like once in the middle when I say, um, and now I see how the world really is. So in that moment, that was me seeing myself, but then also me kind of showing my viewers, this is what you're, this is all that you see of me too, or not all, mm -hmm. like, I love being black. I love, I love being, I love my color, right? But the color shows up there because I'm just like, this is your preoccupation. Right? Mm, yes. What you, this is how you see me. So this is your preoccupation. And then I leave that behind again. But then at the very end, like I'm colored again to say I'm here. And like, yes, regardless of whether that's your preoccupation or not, like it, it, I am here, right? So I show myself like after I have gone through the end of my journey um, as a black woman against the black and white, because I want to stand out and I'm okay with standing out. And like, I'm good with that. And I'm gonna stand here and stand strong. Well, let me ask you this, Shanita, how did you, I'm assuming, right, that you probably had some traumatic experiences in academia. And so it seems like now your dance is like a recovery, like you're, you're, you're healing from that trauma of that. How do you sustain that? Like, how do you sustain that, 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 um, that will to heal and to move forward and acceptance? Cause it sounds like you're saying, okay, I'm here and I accept that you see me as this, how are you working to sustain that? Uh, that's, that's a great question. And honestly, it's still a process, but like at this moment, um, 
it, and this will sound very cliche, but like I have just come to realize like that I'm, I, presence is necessary and that it's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's necessary and it's beautiful. And I'm, I do this for myself, definitely, but like I'm doing it for community, for mm -hmm. a collective. And like that helps to sustain me. So in those moments where I'm just like, all right, Shanita, maybe you need to dip out of the space real quick. But I'm just like, but I'm, but I, I gotta, I gotta do it for myself. Like I need to prove I have some things for myself, but then also mm -hmm. I need to pull up for my community, right? Because I'm just like, if, if, if I'm not doing it, like, and then particularly like in the space, um, in the spaces that I occupy, there may not be a whole bunch of opportunity for other people to do it and mm -hmm. to do it as strongly and to come as strong. So I just want to make sure that like I am making my family proud and my family means like my immediate family, of course, but then my family as in my sisters, like as in everyone who's come before me, as in you, Renata, like all of my sisters. I'm just like want to make sure that I'm standing up for all of us and making sure that in the spaces where my voice can be heard, I'm talking on behalf of myself, but all of us as well. Mm -hmm. and, and I definitely appreciate your contribution. Yes, definitely. So let, let me ask you this about your, your, the actual process of creating. Do you, do you have someone filming you? Like was someone filming you in your backyard? So that's a great question, and and it's gonna sound um, it's gonna sound really funny, but I want to say it specifically in this way just because I think it's important um, to kind of say like, hey, yeah, you don't have to have all the fancy stuff. So no, I have a ring light, probably just like everyone else. Um, <laughs> I'm filming it on my phone, just like wow, like, really? Yeah. So it's just my phone. I have a ring light. I have my phone and I have an app that I edit on and those that's it that so no one no one edited that video for you no so I edited wow. I filmed it danced I so I did everything and really like I said that's you know of course like there are wonderful videographers and filmmakers and things like that so definitely don't want to discredit them but then also I just want to tell you know show everybody how accessible this is right it and, is yeah that like you can do this and that this expression is not beyond you because like even again i don't you know i'm not like somebody out here who has a whole bunch of money to be paying someone to do these things and i want everyone to know like and that's that's fine right that's okay mm -hmm. and you can still do it and your phone right like you turn it to front facing camera and it might take you a few takes right because like mm -hmm. you might have to go back and look over and be like i need to go a little bit more to the left but like mm -hmm that's okay like it's accessible like we can do it we all have it right and like for less than ten dollars like you got, <laughs> you got it and do you do, do your students know this like did you do you share that with them yes i do all the time now they don't believe me because they're just like we don't have the mind and you know then getting into them kind of embracing like their own creativity and whether they're going to be able to have these shots or whatever like that like mm -hmm. that's the thing but like for the most part yeah they i tell them that this is just my phone wow that's amazing so um and it also makes me think about your choice in musical selection we're gonna we're gonna watch another video where you you were you chose some excellent music too. But what's your process for like how do you select the music? Yeah, and this is gonna sound very art cliche as well. But like I say, the music really selects me. 
um, because I will be listening to songs, and this is for me as a choreographer for as a dancer, and something will just hit, right? In that moment, there's just a connection, mm -hmm. um, and I, I just listen. So I am thankfully in a spot right now where I don't have to do things unless I feel inspired, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. it's not my it's not my it's not how i'm making my money mm -hmm. like dance dance and choreography and doing the videos is just out of passion and inspiration so I, i'm a very happy blessed and joyous that like i'm not in the position where i have to kind of be dictated to about well i need this to happen i need this to happen and this that and a third all this is coming out of passion um and i once i saw the color purple on broadway i did see it live I have never been able to get I'm here out of my head. So I mm. always knew that that song was going to be coming for me in some sort of way. Because I was like, I could listen to that song all the time. Yes, it's I a beautiful song. Yes. All right. So we're going to go into a, your second piece. Um, it's called A Room of Their Own. And can you give the audience a little bit about uh, the intro to this piece as well? Absolutely. So I really wanted to explore. So of course, like Nina Simone's Four Women, like mm -hmm. that has always spoken to me. And then I was walking, uh, watching an award show, um, Black Girls Rock, and then mm -hmm. um, all of these these four women: Lettucey, Kelly Price, um, Marsha Ambrosia, and then I'm oh I'm missing somebody. It's gonna now it's gonna drive me crazy. Wait, Kelly Price. Let me let me go back one more time. Kelly Price, Marsha Ambrosia. Jill Scott yes. and Lettucey, right? So they, the way that they just threw the vocals down, like I was like, I am going to be in love. Like I love the Nina Simone version, <laughs> but I was just like, oh, this version has a, has a grip on me. So she already explores some of the stereotypes and the historical, um, you know, ways that black women have been portrayed in media. So I also wanted to layer what is already a very kind of kind of heavy and symbolic piece with also the things that I have heard before in my life and some of those struggles. Mm. So layer on top of black women stereotypes and then also the ways in which people have tried to place put us in a block in a box nowadays right mm -hmm. so these some of these things i hear i've heard directly some of the names and some of the terms have been you know i've been called directly and some of these things just said about us in general right like you know um as i go through like each personality so mm -hmm. that was really just important to me that i kind of explore those things and and, and show other people how how we are approached right compressed mm -hmm. said to us what is our struggle every day what are we combating every single day with every move that we make so that was really what i wanted to display in this piece oh that sounds excellent so we're going to take a moment we're going to watch this video a room of their own ladies and gentlemen marcia ambrosia
So now that we watched the video, a couple questions, a lot of things are jumping out to me here, um, Shanita, based on what you, you previously said um, before we watched the video, but also from the video itself, what was, again, I'm, a, I'm, I'm locked into your process. So I see you in, in these different roles in this video, those different personalities. Was there, was there a way that you mentally went from one personality to another personality? Like, how did you do that? So I, I really, um, I really just wanted to clue in on like what, what is the perception of those personalities? Of course, like right, like Aunt Sarah, like as we're going mm -hmm. through, like what would what would those embodied things and what would those colors be embodied and what would their hair be like? But then also bring it um, a little bit more like to modern days, right? Like it's just like Sarah is the the strong black woman what does the strong black woman you know she's gonna have you know and, and kind of again feeding into stereotypes strong black mm -hmm. woman can look any way she wants to honestly mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but i was just like well let me just come go ahead and come with the natural hair you know like with and 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 with the earrings and make sure that i'm showing my my body and my frame so it's it's just really kind of just bringing those things into like modern times but again always just want to make sure and point out to everyone we can strong black woman everyone uh, we can look any type of way that we would like to look like mm -hmm. i accept that at any point but again feeding into the layers of the stereotypes as well oh that sounds good it makes me think of um it's so much academic work on these stereotypes of black women and you know even when you're trying to write against them right even when you're trying to refute it you still get caught up in it in, in that way. And so I see the way that like you embody it in this in this uh, video, but also as a way of refuting it, right? And then you have these words. Now, how were you able, was this something done by your phone too, of placing the words there? Yes, I, <laughs> so I did. All of it is done. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's really, um, again, I just like to make sure everyone knows how accessible like this art median is. Um, yes, but I placed the words in there and um, yeah, the significance that they have is just, again, exploring those things that like place us into the box and just kind of making sure people are aware. Cause I, 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 I mean, people I think may have an idea right nowadays, potentially if they do their homework, right? About mm -hmm. all the struggles that we have that we face as black women but i was just like well let me just throw some of these right on the screen um and navigate through those tensions because honestly like not all of the tensions are outside of the community some of those mm -hmm. things are inside of the community so mm -hmm. i wanted to make sure i put both sides right so these are things that are said about us outside of the community but then these are also things that are said inside of the community and what do we do and how do we grow when someone is like again if i'm if i go through each character you know like if I, someone says you're a strong black woman and what's the pressure of being a strong black woman um and what if you need to be vulnerable in those moments and i'm just like wow i hope people kind of get that you know you know what comes along with being a strong black woman and then as we're moving on and like you know i work in higher 
um, education. And then like everyone has their feelings about that, about going to college, right? So like you want, you know, family encourages you to go to college, but then they're also just like, well, now you think you fancy, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, now you just fancy words and like, what, is, what does that mean? And then how does your community perceive you? Like, are you a sellout then for going to college and for, you know, what does that mean? And then also, of course, like going into kind of the Jezebel stereotype of being like, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a woman and I have a body. And so, but then everyone is going to, I'm hypersexualized, I'm over-sexualized, mm -hmm. but then I, I can also be a sexual being. So like, where do we navigate the tension there? And like, where we're talking about you being fast, you know what I mean? And we all yes. have like that terminology. And what does that even mean? Especially in regards to like young women. It's like, she's fast and you just And like, I love the way that you, you have that term adultification. Yes. Right, absolutely. I love that term because we know that black girls beginning at the age of five are viewed as even more older, you know, more experienced than their peers, right? A kindergarten black girl is viewed as older. And so we we have to think about the ramifications of that, right? In terms of teachers or spaces that they occupy, that they're always perceived as older, right? So they're old enough. They can, they can carry the baggage of things. Things that adult black women should carry, we'll think that the society will put it to where a black girl who's five is expected to, to carry, right? So the the words that you put in the video are so significant and symbolic. It's like what you're doing in your movement. I'm seeing so many things that are so powerful. Your movement, right? And then the words, the music that is playing, right? Powerful. Then the words that come on the screen, powerful. It's like uh, uh, um, three powerful forces, right? That your that your um, video is 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 showing. Is there like let's say, and I know you probably already answered this, but in light of all of that, um, because also uh, another question that's making me think of is when you hear the music, and I know it's free form, but when you hear the music, are you do you as a dancer do you try to match your movements? to the words in the song. Yes, so definitely to the words in the song. And then, the, and and as you said, and you were definitely get hitting the nail right on the head and also to the mood. Um, Cause I think you were talking about that mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's very, very easy, right? Like, cause I, I knew for Peaches, like as a dancer, I would have to come strong, right? Mm -hmm. Let us see come strong. So I'm just like, oh, these movements need to be sharp, right? Mm -hmm. For Sephronia, um, I knew that I had to be a little bit more demure. Things have to be softer, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, like all of all of all of everything that you said, Renata, a hundred percent. And how long does you do? Is do you have like um, do you practice? Like how long do you typically practice before you start filming? Like is that is that? I know you you came to Broadway. You heard that song. It, it reached out to you and told you you got it. You got to perform to me. Then is there a do you go through it in your head mentally then you start dancing like how long is that process so that's a great question um so it's it, it it of course it can vary but really just as you said i go through things mentally i'm a very visual person um so almost immediate almost every song that i hear i kind of create a little music video in my brain and it just mm. kind of sometimes i feel strong enough that i would like to see that happen in real life um, so really, this is just me trying my best to like create 
trying to trying to take everything that happened here and just push it right through does not take very long right thankfully i've been in doing dance for a good uh, amount of years professionally i would say like like 12 to 13 14 but then of course like in church like since i was a little kid so it's it's always just been pretty natural um if once i make the decision to do the video i would say from start to finish it could probably take about two weeks so to film and to edit and that would be giving myself like you know I might even be overestimating in some ways only because I feel so inspired, right? Like mm -hmm. because I'm so passionate, I'll stay up the late nights to make things do what I want. I'll spend an entire day looking for the scene that I want and filming it the way that I want to. So probably about two weeks. Wow. And that passion is just driving you. Let me ask you this. Are there, are there times when you have wanted to do a dance, but the subject or the theme might've been difficult? And you didn't do it like are there are there things that you stay away from so i would say there's nothing that i absolutely stay away from but there are moments where in the videos i have to like pull it back a little bit because i'm just like now i have I'm, I'm too you know i let myself be too out there like my emotions are are raw and to the point where like i can't even i can't even do this in this moment so i do have to sometimes pause and like take a hour or two because operating in in that headspace to like bring out those emotions you know sometimes you just be like let me not traumatize myself right like i don't have to traumatize myself <laughs> yes. like this happened like and and sometimes that can be the danger as an artist and a dancer and, and like i said any type of you know artist or actor or whichever it's mm -hmm. like making sure that you don't traumatize yourself in the process like you want to mm -hmm. get to the product you want to get to the end product but like let's do this in a healthy way and if yes. i take the break i'm gonna take the break um but but yeah i think like i'm as far as like what i want to happen i don't want to have anything be out of bounds like i just may have to you know be approach it in a healthy way so make sure yes. that way and I like that idea because a lot of times you know uh we don't take care of ourselves like real care for ourselves and so the idea that you are recognizing your emotions for one because you know like you said a lot of times like black women of you like we're strong we don't we're we can't be vulnerable we can't shed tears we can't you know go through the emotions that every other person is entitled to go through right and so the idea that you're um embracing your emotions and that self-care that you're saying okay i gotta pause from this because i'm feeling too overwhelmed with this right so i like the idea that you use your passion but you're also taking care of yourself because it all it always begins with us right it always begins with us. So I'm, I just love the way your work is so reflective and it's such a positive way for telling the black woman's experience, right? And so I'm, I, I'm gonna ask you, and this could be like maybe my final question, what is your overall message that you want your work to convey? Or even if the audience, let's say, because we know even as, as writers that we may have an intended message, but that doesn't mean that the audience is going to get this message. So what would you say is your intended message that you want the audience to get from your work? Um, so as you said, it's, it's definitely something for us. Um, 
it's, it's for us. So I want, I think I had, with different audiences in mind, um, definitely when, it, when black women look at my work, I want them to see themselves and to be like, mm -hmm. there's that voice right and it's and and similar to you know i i gotta give a shout out to you because like without you i would have never done my master's thesis i literally have a quote highlighted from your work that i was just like this is the one um <laughs> i saw myself in you so that allowed me to like to to make to create things like this so then that way i could have every other women see themselves in my work but yes for black women i definitely want them to see themselves like because we don't see ourselves often and mm -hmm. i want to see i want to show us as we're complicated we're multifaceted we're multi-layered we're not just the strong black woman or the angry black woman or the hypersexualized. like i want the world to know as well as us which we already know that we are we're complicated and mm -hmm. we face many battles which the world kind they kind of know but like sometimes you really just have to break down what these battles are for them so i just want us to be like i see myself and then everyone else to be like oh wow okay so this is this is what's happening to to black women and respect that and respect our gangster like at the end <laughs> of the day because it's happening and we're here though <laughs> I love it, Shanita. I love it. You know, thank you so much for for the shout out because, the, like you, I want my work to be reflective of the Black woman's experience. And like you said, we're complicated, and that's okay, right? We're lovable. We're complicated. We get angry. We cry. We shed tears. We get happy. So we we are a range of things. And I just thank you so much for sharing your work with us. You know, uh, I I believe in the philosophy: each one, teach one. Right. And so, like you said, my work influenced you and now your work is going to influence the next person. So if we keep paying it forward like that. I'm, I'm excited about the future. And, and I'll ask you this one last question, too. Also, is there what would you say um, about your future work? Like, or do you have any intentions or um, where you see your work going forward? We, do you think you will continue to make the videos or, you know, like what where is it going? What else can we see from you or expect from you? No, I mean, and that's a great question. So like, I, I think it's important. I'm, I, I like to stretch in a lot of different areas. Like I wish I had some of my artwork. Um, so like I actually paint, I, oh. yeah. So I do photography in some ways, like with videography, like I have a master's in English. So like, I also, I will write pieces, um, even though I really like to step outside of writing at times because you know, it, it's, um, it's so, it can be so formal and sometimes mm -hmm. it can be informal. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna, right now, some of my things are at the autoethnographer and I, I really hope to just spark a career. Like I, my, the person who I would aim for, and this sounds very ambitious, right? Is like Maya Angelou, right? Mm. Like, she was a right, like her, Maya Angelou was many things all the time. Yes. She's, a, she's a speaker, she's a, or, you know, she was an orator, she was a dancer, so she mm -hmm. was a performer, right? And like, she is just, like all the things that I'm just, and, and so full of love and so full of passion and so putting things out. So like, if I was aspiring to be anything, it would be to kind of continue on that legacy as her, just as a multifaceted artist and pushing out that just joy into the world. That sounds so good. That is excellent. So I am hoping that you are our next Maya Angelou. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out in the, the, the atmosphere. <laughs> 
sort of be there. So um, thank you so much, Janita, for speaking with me today and for sharing your work. I'm going to put your um, contact information up on our website. So if anyone has any ideas or want to contact you, they'll have access to you. Is that okay? Absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. Thank you, Shanita. Thank you.